right, welcome to this episode of A Pastor and a Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. I'm Sean, I'm the pastor at Life Church in Green Bay, and as always, I am joined by my friend, Rabbi Matt Rosenberg from Restoration in Seattle, Washington. What's up, man? How are you? Man, fantastic. We're talking about the money today. We are. Money, 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 money. <laughs> I got I, I added a thing they, that wasn't right. Yeah. No, it's good. I money. love that song. But when I think about that song, I actually always think about Donald Trump. Right, because of The Apprentice. Oh, man, what a great show. It was a great the show. The first season was phenomenal. When they started bringing guys who were celebrities, quasi, like fired. celebrities, it wasn't it wasn't great. And it definitely wasn't great when, Amorosa. The, when, when Arnold Remember was her? the host. Remember when oh, Arnold that was, was the host terrible. for years? Of, uh, yeah. That was He's, terrible. What was his line? Of course. You won't be back. Something like, <laughs> like such a You won't be back. Such a chotch line, bro. Oh, so weird. Arnold. Yeah, what a weird topic, though, to talk about between a pastor and a rabbi. I think a lot of people are thinking about it, though. For sure. Yeah. So let's start, though, yeah. with our bro, 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 did you know? Did oh. you know? <laughs> I work in harmonies. Uh, yeah, so remember the song? This is how we do it. It's Friday night, and I feel all right. You remember <laughs> course, that jam? Bro. Of course. It's Montel big, Jordan. It's big, big black truck. Boom, 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 boom. This is how we do it. Mm. Yeah. He is. What's What line did he sample? Do you know what song he sampled or who he sampled? No. It was Slick Rick. Really? Yeah. That it makes was, sense. Oh, bro. And the Slick Rick version of that song is so good. Like it's one of the it's a it's a late for work song. What's the line that's sampled? This is how it's we, the it's the hook. This so the beat in that song. Uh, and and bro, I'm telling you, the Slick Rick beat. version, if you got that song on and it's 859 and you're pulling up to the job and it's got two minutes left on the song, you're gonna be late for work. You put the car in park. <laughs> Finish the song. You're gonna be go late for work. I call him that. I call this yeah. is a late for work song. Well, there you go, Life Church. When Sean's late for when Pastor Sean's late for a meeting, we know exactly what he's doing in the parking lot. Slick Rick, anything by uh, Luther. If Luther's on, I'm not turning it off. Oh, it feels sacrilegious to me to, to turn, turn it off. Luther. So anyway, yes, I do wow. remember the song. This is how we do it. In 2010, Montel Jordan left the music business to become the worship leader at Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia, and has been the uh, pastor of music, marriage, and men's ministry. What? Since 2010. Come on, bro. That's a long time. No wonder he hasn't had an album. I mean, his in a wife while. also wrote a book called This Is How We Do It <laughs> Make, Making Your Marriage a Masterpiece. I love that. This is how we do it on Friday night. Yeah. Do you think they do it on Friday night? That's... And it feels all right. Does he still have the big black truck? Well, he I would said, think so. He said, you can get yours in a 6-4. Right. Yeah. But I'm going to get, get mine. in a big black truck. <laughs> right. Which he's married. I yeah, mean, for you, sure. You totally could. <laughs> you know. This is going to go off the rails if, real quick. If you got quick. the space. Yeah. <laughs> He's six eight, so that's a big, that's a big boy. <laughs> Keith's telling us to move on right now. Yeah. Keith's like, "You're in muddy waters <clears throat> yeah. right now." So yeah. there's no way he's a, still to this day. Still, he's I a think, worship I, pastor. Yeah, I wonder if he's for hire. Mm. I wonder if he's looking. Mm. Even just yeah. to do a show. You know how disappointed people would be though if, they, if you told was, people that song was ninety five. You told people you had Montel Jordan coming in to do a show at your church, and he didn't do. No, he still this does is that. How we do it. He still shows up for like the nineties shows gotcha. and right. You know, I think. Yeah. Does he wear an entire outfit of denim though? I mean, I sure hope so. That's how they used to rock it though, right? I With sure some hope lugs so. and a denim. Long, like seven button jacket oh, by Rick, Carl Kanai. Slick Rick's song was Children's Story. Oh, that's that's a jam, bro. Yeah, and it was number one on the Billboard Montel Jordan for seven consecutive weeks, and his first album went platinum. Slick Rick was the first guy that I remembered wearing gold teeth. In '96, he opened for <laughs> the first guy. That's just a. I mean, he was the, he was the commercial guy rocking gold teeth and an eye patch. Right. I don't even know if there's no anything reason. wrong with his eye. Probably not. But it was dope. 
In 96, jo- Montel Jordan opened for Boys to Men in Vancouver. Hello. I went to a Boys to Men That's, show. They were hot back then. I went to a Boys to Men show in Oceanside, California, right outside Camp Pendleton Marine Corps base. What year? And this was. Still, uh, they still had 12, the base? 12 they still had the base ago. guy? No. It was 12 years ago. It's not really Boys to Men. They, they the were legitimately two hours late for their own show. Oh, dear. Yeah. They were so late that people booed them when they once, got there. Once the guy with the cane, the bass, once he was out. It wasn't really a bass either, but. What? He just kind of faked it. He was in a natural bass. Baby. He made I knew about go. it. I just didn't care. Said, Girl. You don't know how much I love you, do you? I'm here for you. Come back. I, they were I, over him. Come I'm not back. out to hurt you like you did to me, baby, but that's all right. Come back. Oh. <laughs> so we're talking about money today. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of money, those dudes are still making money just off the- come to my bed. And baby, just don't let me go. <laughs> People are like, what in the heck is going on? How, you know, Although we've got to the- It's although we've come to the end of our road. It's hand. <laughs> I wonder the how. Road. <laughs> Still I. Okay, seriously though, we're talking about money. It's a, uh, it's an interesting topic in the. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Till the answer. Go ahead. We're talking about money. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder how much money boys the men has. I mean, they're still the three are still doing the. They're playing all the time, everywhere. Oh, Cooley High Harmony is one of the highest selling records of all time. Yes. That's, that's so many hits on it. But anyway, money. We're talking about money. Well, that's we're connected. Trying to keep it. They made a lot. <laughs> we're trying to keep it between the lights. Yeah. It's a strain for people. It's a, it's a, I think it's on the tip of people's mind Yeah. right now because there's so many things that are consumable for people mm-hmm. that have become almost out of reach for people. Yeah, gas is out of control. Out of control. Totally. Depending on where you live. Uh, right. I mean, gas is always out of control on the West Coast. Right. But it's, I, I, it's never been over $5. Yeah. That's. I remember, I remember being in California, like, oh man, like 15 years ago and gas was like $4 a gallon. Right. And thinking that Jesus was about to come back. <laughs> there's no way that gas could But be. my friends in Israel and like Europe are like $5. Oh yeah. That's nothing, bro. My parents they live in Canada double. and they're like, what are you talking about? We're paying a dollar seventy nine a liter. I don't understand. What, I don't understand what a liter is. Three point seven eight <laughs> liters in a gallon. So if it's a dollar seventy nine a liter, times that by three point seven eight. So like right now, you know their gas is well over seven dollars a gallon, right? right. So th- I mean to them, but it's been like that for a long time, right? And like you said, you know you go to right. Europe, but now it's, the benef- it's contextual. Yeah, the benefit of they got more expensive gas, but they got free health care. Right. And so when you think about some of those, those are some decisions that people are having. And America's generally better um, at taking oil that doesn't belong to us <laughs> than Canada. Right. Which, per se. Well, if you think, I mean, I'm sure in up in their territories, Northwest Territories and uh, – yeah, why don't like we ever what, take it from Canada? We don't take it from Canada. I don't understand why we don't. I mean, I don't want to get into a political conversation about gas or oh, fuel sorry. or oil. Fracking. But I just go, <laughs> what I do know is that it's hitting people at the pump. Yeah. It's hitting people at the grocery store. Right. It's hitting people in places that <laughs> you could use this as a dual. It's hitting people in places that they don't, they're not used to getting hit in. Mm, like the Charmin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's Charmin. A commodity. It used to like, it's, and it's not just the fact that, that there's a conflict going on in the Ukraine. That is part of it because, yeah. you know, there's been restrictions put on Russia, obviously, and we're not importing some of their products. But it's been going on since the pandemic started. Like there's been this massive, oh man, I mean, not just inflation, uh, it's a challenge from the beginning. Like consumable products have been the supply chain issues that there's been for months. Like it's, when you can't go to the store, like during the pandemic, when we would go to the store and there were certain everyday consumable products that you couldn't even get. Right. So now I think people are thinking about things financially that they haven't been thinking about, right? And so what does that do? Like like when you're when you're worried about money, when you're consumed with money, I think the economy is a symptom of 
something that's happening at a deeper level and then people are being challenged at other levels because, I mean, one of the biggest causes of divorce is finances. Right. So obviously if there's a strain or a stress on the economy, there's going to be a strain and a stress on relationships, whether that be marital relationships right. or relationships with people's kids or their coworkers or people are out of work. So many people lost their jobs. But then what's fascinating is that you have all of these people who are looking for work, like like looking for workers, right? So yeah. like, you know, where Taco Bell is paying $21 an hour, you know, it used to be when I would, of course, I'm a That's million a lot of years tacos. old. It's a lot of, it's a lot of money, bro. We like, used to go to Taco Bell because they had 59 cent tacos. Right? But they're not paying $21 an hour and offering 59 exactly. cent tacos. So even they're like $2 when, tacos. When, when you start talking about, like, I went to McDonald's the other day and I got a, I wanted a double cheeseburger. You always say McDonald's. I, I got certain Where, words. Where's that from? Cement. I don't know. Is that Canadian? Naked. That's not Canadian. Know. Detroit. Naked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Naked. What does that afraid. word even mean? <laughs> oh, naked. No, Montel Jordan was singing. McDonald's about it, so. is not appropriate. You used to be able to get a, a it's not appropriate. You used McDonald's. to get a, a double cheeseburger, I think, on the dollar menu. Oh, for sure. And now it's the, I think, it's I was a like, specialist. I was a dollar menu, menu oh, specialist. Oh, for sure. There was a ton of great stuff on there. Yeah. And now I think the double cheeseburger is three seventy nine. It's like the price of a normal. Well, there's two different things now. You know, there's a McDouble and a double cheeseburger. Two different things. Really? McDouble is two eighty nine. <laughs> I know that's way too specific. And the double cheeseburger. And the double cheeseburger is more because the Mc. Double is like, I don't know, it's like pressed or something. <laughs> but either one of them. But they, and then they have a new McChicken sandwich. That's expensive. But then there's a chicken sandwich that's on the dollar menu. Super interesting. Yeah, the dollar menu used to be robust enough that you could, I mean, it's eat a the, meal off of it the for bad, $3. It's the bad parts of the chicken, probably. Probably. It's the beaks and <laughs> beaks and feet. Right. They only use white meat, they say. Mm, Come on. That it wasn't white before you bleached it. <laughs> So it's not, that's the perspective. Oh, my first thought was Michael Jackson saying, but. Oh my gosh. You're not allowed to say that. So all, all of these like minute areas, like I I know that, I know that I'm old, but like when I was even in high school, I mean, guys working in the big three factories were making 20 bucks an hour. And now they're raising families and buying houses. And now you got to give D- D- Detroit context, right? The big three. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Ford, Chrysler, right. and Cars. General Motors. They yeah. were paying twenty dollars an hour, and that was like a job, man. If you could get on at the big three, but yeah. they, of course, they also provided benefits, which is a huge strain. Pension here among people, like healthcare right. benefits, all that are stuff's changed. Insane, totally amount of money. We just looked at trying to get new health insurance for our family, just yeah. four of us, is $1,200 a month. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a mortgage. I love when these issues, I feel like when all these issues come up, no matter, you know, whatever side people are on, you can make any comment like, all this has changed. And somebody's like, thanks, Obama. <laughs> or somebody's like, yeah. thanks, Trump. Yeah. It just depends what side. And it's like, I'm not sure it's that specific. Yeah, it depends what. <laughs> And may, maybe this was building, and it. Maybe and they're it, all like, I think there's so much misinformation. Yeah, you know the saying is that I probably it's probably misinformation, but the saying is uh, misinformation travels seven times faster than information. Oh, really? I've not heard that. Mm-hmm. So most people are like, you know what I heard, and then mm. it's like, that's probably wrong. Yeah, <laughs> most always. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, because people are always like, well, you know, it's China. <laughs> and I'm like, do you have any more specifics, too? They're like, well, I mean, you know, it's China. I know it I'm is, saying. It is what it is. Do you have? <laughs> it is what it is. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. You just repeat. Business is business. Business is business, baby. All you got to yeah. do to sound smart is say the yeah. word twice. Hey, money's money. You know? <laughs> it is what it is. Well, you know gas. It's important because you got to know who's who and where's where. <laughs> and what's what. What's what. And that's what it is. Yeah, you know, it is, it is what, what it is. is. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's part of like the cycle in conversation. Yeah. Is I don't feel like most people don't actually know about these things. 
Right. They just talk around a fire pit and then repeat what they heard at the fire pit yep. without any... Who was your source of authority? Right. Like some dude who you just met 20 minutes before. Right. And then if you're going to do the information, I feel like you should be, you know, like, but also tell me what they said on CNN. You know, it's but interesting. Also, tell me what they said on Fox News. <laughs> like, right. like, yeah, yeah. If, and watch if, all of them. Don't just and then don't MSNBC just hit me with the and, one side. Right. Yeah. Read a few newspapers. I know that's, that's still a thing. There are newspapers? still newspapers. Yeah, I haven't seen and one of you'd those. You probably in get it on your iPad. Years. But I read Seattle Times every day. I read the Wall Street Journal almost every day. The New York Times. That's like I know, but you got to pay like a dollar. Pretty a slanted, month. but yeah, I'm but, out. But they give real information. I got to right? save that dollar. Well, if you save three of them, you can get it for something off the dollar menu that used to be on the dollar menu. Right. It's now the $3 menu. So I know all these people that are conspiracy theorists. And like, oh, yeah. I had this one, this one lady who, who was talking about how uh, China was going to attack America and they were going to launch ballistic missiles from our own water right. onto our land. That makes sense. And so, so when we were in... How do we know it didn't already happen? Right. Last, <laughs> last year we were in uh, Long Beach, California. Mm -hmm. and, and off of the coast of Long Beach, there was like all of these different uh, freighter ships. What do you call them? You know, that they're shipping all of the goods. Yeah. You know, obviously they're- Containers. They're, yeah, container ships. They're all these containers. They're just piled like four high all the way. Yeah. Massive amounts. And it sat out there. We were there for a week and they just sat out there and didn't move. Not one time. Wow. And my first thought was, there they are. There's the ballistics. China. And they're going to launch right now. And all of a sudden, because of something that I w was watching, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know. Maybe there just wasn't room in the port. They started moving. Right? There was nobody to empty the, the containers, so they had to stay out there. And so because they had to stay out there, in my mind, because I'd heard misinformation from someone, I was like, oh my gosh, we got to get back to Wisconsin. <laughs> Immediately. They're about to attack Long Beach. I'm like, who is attacking Long Beach? I mean, the only thing in Long Beach is Snoop. That's what it was. They were trying to shut down. Oh, Snoop everything always comes back to Snoop Dogg these days. I'm telling you, your brother told us yesterday about a, a show that I want to watch now about dumb criminals. It's got I, Snoop. Dogg. I watched the I watched a few minutes Is of the first funny? one. I mean, he says he got you know it's TVMA just strictly for language. But I figure your brother so, is not only so a rabbi; he is a doctor. They're cursing a lot. Yeah, but it's Snoop Dogg and some other people watching videos of dumb criminals doing dumb things and commenting on it. And, you know, I mean, Snoop Dogg's. I mean, he's got curse words in his name in the songs. That's true. <laughs> I will say one thing that isn't, isn't misinformation is our economy. And I think the normal guy yeah. is feeling that. And they're feeling a crunch. And thanks like when lot, I think Biden. about the common guy, I think about my thanks dad, lot, right? Biden. Like my <laughs> Thanks, Biden. <laughs> my dad worked 30-plus years uh -huh. at Ford Motor Company on the assembly line. He was faithful. He was loyal. What did he work on? Uh, he Specific cars? No specific parts. So, like, the last ah. thing that he did, like, the last, like, eight, th I think, eight years that he was there, he was an inspector of crankshafts. But prior to that, oh. he polished pistons. So the pistons would come off the line and they're in their raw form. And then, mm. and then he, the guy, there's, you know, a, a line of guys. Right. And he was the final guy. So he polished them. Was so he replaced that, by a robot? Well, he was replaced by age. They forced him to retire. Right. They literally came to him one day and they're like, there's bro. probably a robot bro, that it, polishes it, now. Like, it's enough, pal. Like, yeah, go home. Like, yeah. you've been working here. How long? You're how old? Like, yeah. go. And so, my, and then so Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to show up soon because he is. He's got to come back from the future, you know. And he'll say to my dad, "You it won't, be, you won't Ford. be back." Yeah, it started with Ford. <laughs> oh, was that? That was the Apprentice. Yeah, that's it. When he did yeah, the Apprentice. Yeah, yep. So, so you my, won't be back. My dad's pension. Terrible. My dad's pension was cut. Like, how's that fair to him? Right. So here's my dad who who paid into his pension all of his life. Cut meaning. Dead. No, he still no, gets a pension, but it's like but significantly it's less, less money. He expected. So, so you know, you when you retire, even yeah. from a place where you get a pension, yeah, you live on significantly less money than you were. First, you can't work overtime. You sure. can't get perks. You know, but so 
for you to out of nowhere when you're living on a budget to have your pension be cut, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now not everybody can relate with that. Like I don't I don't get a pension. I have investments. Like I've I've invested my money. Like I don't work at a place where I'm going to get paid by my job when I leave. Right. I'm not going to get paid by me when I leave. Right. right? I've been putting money away and actually during the pandemic our investments have been doing really well. And we haven't lost we were just talking to Keith about this, our executive producer. And we haven't lost money a single quarter in the pandemic. And we, we haven't made as much money, but right. but at the same time, okay, so I'm not going to get a pension, right? But is is the gain on my money and my investments outpacing inflation? Is it outpacing the increase in all of these costs? So let's say you have a guy who's working. I'm thinking about Green Bay. Let's say you have a guy who's working at the paper mill and he's working third shift. Dunder Mifflin. Kimberly Clark. Mm. One of the great producers of paper mm-hmm. and one in, of our future Wisconsin? sponsors. Yes. and th- Oh. This, are they in Green Bay? They are in Green Bay. Oh. It's a couple of massive paper plants in mm-hmm. Green Bay. So you have these people who are, they're making a certain wage. So and next just, to the cheese plants? No, oh. nowhere near. Okay. So just because gas prices go up, mm-hmm. their their hourly wage doesn't go up. Right. So what happens is when you feel that pressure, this is why we're talking about money. Yeah. We're talking about money because if we're going to sit at a bar with a guy yeah. and we're going to start talking about what is a guy feeling right now, a guy's going to say, you know what? I'm sick of this freaking economy. I'm going to tell you that right now. Right. I'm sick of people putting their hand in my pocket. Right. I'm sick of Washington telling me what I'm going to do or how I'm going to make my money. And they are going to say things like, you know what? I'm sick of Biden not tapping into this or not right. pulling Who's off these resources. Of, yeah. yeah. And it's going to be – but that's a legitimate concern for a guy. If a guy goes, I'm making the same amount of money. I'm paying the same amount of taxes. And now it's going to cost me – 38% more, and because in Wisconsin, I know that you guys think that people who drive trucks here are communists, Sinners. right? Sinners. But for the guy in Green Bay who's driving his 98 Silverado that Come gets on. 11 miles to the gallon, it mm. costs him 38% more to fill up that thing. I just filled up my truck the other day. It cost me $157 to fill my truck up. That's insane, bro. Yeah. You know what I drove today? My son's old Prius. Yeah. It's got a dent in the front fender. <laughs> because of the gas? Easy to was get around. Was your thought, was your thought like, because yeah, of the bro, gas? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't normally think about money. Um, it's a, it's a uh, often misquoted Bible verse in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. People say money is the root of all evil. But that's not actually what the text says. The first Timothy six ten says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some longing for it have gone astray from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's interesting. Mm. It's like uh, money isn't necessarily the problem, but the love of money is one of the problems. But I think there's two different kinds of people. I think we, you and I represent two different kinds of people when it comes to money. Okay. Because you say you don't think about it, which I get, but right. you also, it's not work for you to think about it. So right. you throw out things like, well, it's 38% more than, I don't, I can't think that, I don't even understand <laughs> what you're talking about. Right? So I think there's some people like me who weren't taught about money and even as an adult has has still not learned about money the way I probably should have. So my fears about money are rooted in what I don't know. Hmm. Like, I don't know what to do. Right. You know, and then I think there are some people, which you and our executive producer Keith represent, who, you know, learned about it, were either taught about it or learned about it yourselves. And think about it in terms of, well, I know how to operate my investments so that I'll still make money in a recession. Like I don't even have investments. Right. So my fear is different because your fears are my, my investments may drop and mine are like, how do I do investments, bro? <laughs> right. So right. I think there's two different, you know, guys, when, when people talk about the economy, there's two different fears you know, the guys who don't even know where to start. Right. And then the guys who did it right. Yep. But are still losing. Right. 
you know, like knew what to do and had a plan, but then the economy messed up the plan and they're, you know, like your dad's pension. Yeah. They had, that's, everybody was like, oh, pensions will never go away. Never. Right? But. But they're going away. They're going away. Or guys who spent their whole life working a job and their job withdrew money and put it into a 401k for them. Yeah. And they anticipated that when they retired, they were going to get to retire at a certain age. They were going to be able to go fishing. They yeah. were going to have, you know, they, they weren't going to have to worry about it. And then suddenly, you know, there's a guy who walks into their job who who wants to give them a financial update. And, right. And they find out that their 401k has lost X, Y, Z amount of dollars. But they don't hear, like you said, they don't hear, hey, your 401k is down 22% from what it was performing this time last year, here's what they hear. How many more months do I have to work before I retire? Right. And so then when that guy comes in, that that thing that they think that they're frustrated about money, yeah. then they come home and they're mad. And then when their wife wants to have a conversation, then they start to get mad at their wife or when their kid comes in and wants to play catch and he's like, what are you talking about? We need to play catch. Right. I got to work 42 more months before I retire. Right. And the kid's like, what the heck? Is <laughs> right. I just, just wanted want to, to play, play catch. catch. <laughs> like that's, but it bleeds yeah. over into every area of our life. Totally. So when you say this verse about <clears throat> the love of money, like I go, okay, so if a guy gets frustrated yeah. over the fact that he's had somebody put his hand in his pocket, is that, a love of money. Right. Well, it's interesting because the verses right before is say um, there's a constant friction. This is uh, 1 Timothy 6 verse 5. There's a constant friction between people corrupted in mind and deprived of truth that suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Hmm. That like somehow... If you're more godly and you do more of the right thing, wow. God will bless you for it. Wow. And a drop would be a curse, right? So if if a drop in finances, that must mean I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But I think it's not that. Verse 6 says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Okay, go back to the one Super before that. Go back to that verse before that. Say There's that constant again. friction between people corrupted in mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Okay, so now flip this in this idea that for a guy who's like, he's a church guy. Yeah. And, and maybe, he, maybe he's on the fringe. Like he goes to church because his wife goes to church, kids go to church. Or it could be the guy who's on fire and he serves and he's a usher or a greeter or you know, serves on the security, whatever. And yeah. then suddenly he has less money. Right. Does he then blame God for that? I think a lot of people do. And I think some of us, let's be completely frank, mm -hmm. some of us spiritual leaders, we have propagated that. Totally. Because when you when you start talking about doing offering teachings and you yep. start telling guys, hey, if you, you give 10% of your money to this joint, then you're going to live the rest of your life. Like it's as if they won the lotto. Right. right. Even though God's not required to bless the tithe. Hmm. Not required to bless the tithe. We may look at this from a different pr perspective. And I'm, will uh, I'm willing to have this conversation. No, I, I think that's true. I think that the tithe uh, is what you owe. That's how I view it. Yeah, it's giving back. I mean, the word tithe in Hebrew yeah. literally means a tenth. Right. Sometimes people are like, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible you give 10%. Yeah, it's no, the, the word, word yeah. means 10%. But above tithes, tithes in the in the Torah, there's um, there's also giving offerings that are yep. above the tithe, but yeah. they're specific. Like right. for each of the festivals, we're supposed to give for the harvest festivals. Like for Shavuot, which is Pentecost, fifty days after Passover, it's uh, the the verses to give uh, to the Lord in proportion to how He's blessed you mm -hmm. for the day of Shavuot. Yeah. So there's no percentage on that. Yep. There's no right or wrong answer. The question is, how much should I give that's in proportion? Yes. To how God has blessed me. And then after tithes and after offerings, then we could talk about generosity. Right. Yes. So I don't think the Lord is obligated to do anything. Right. Um, in that sense.
and I think he does, but the but blessings that come from God are not, you know, we're too quick to be like a good things from God and a bad things from the devil. Right. But I think that the natural reaction for people who are believers, yeah, when when the belt gets tightened, yeah, the first thing that goes, yeah, is their generosity. It's a huge sweeping statement. But from my experience, the thing yeah. that I've noticed people do is that they'll stop giving mm-hmm. when they stop getting. Right. And I know that this this sounds so trite. But my experience has been when I stop giving, I stop getting. Not the opposite. And so I, th- I think people are I mean, it's a Rick Warren thing, right? Rick, Pastor Rick Warren talks about this. He says at a conference years ago here in Seattle, um, he said he started making millions of dollars when, you know, Purpose Driven Life, his book has sold 50 million copies, which is an outrageous number. Um, And he said a lot of people know I reverse tithe, like I give away 90 and live off of 10, which 10% of millions of dollars is pretty good. Um, And JCPenney was actually the guy who first called it, as I understand it, called it reverse tithing. He Hmm. also reverse tithed. Interesting. Uh, But he said, what people don't know is by the time I wrote the book, we were already personally far above the tithe percentage-wise. Yeah. And he says, some of you are sitting in this audience and you're thinking to yourself, if I wrote that book and God gave me that kind of money, I'd give it away too. And then he paused and he said, but you wouldn't because you're not doing it now. Right. And I was like... You know, that's right. I think there's a thought of, well, if I had it, I would do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing it with what you already have, you, you'll never do it. Right. I think most people, I don't think there's anyone out there who would say, I am not a generous person. That's probably true. Not many. But I think it's because they're not being honest about what generosity actually is. Right. And if we pause long enough to ask, but like I had to step. So because Rick Warren said that I started increasing my giving every year and, um, I was at 17% of my personal giving last year. But the problem is I never worked on my retirement. Mm. Like I wasn't taking care of the other stuff. So what I decided to do was back up to 12% and put, 6% 6% of my check into my 403B, hmm. which the congregation, you know, is amazing to match right. that. Um, but I'm also 43 years old. Like right. I should you have got, been doing this. You got 20 years I've left. been in ministry since I was 24. Um, you know, but I think sometimes it gets twisted, right? Like I was like, oh yeah, I got to keep, I got to increase my giving so that God will bless me. But I also wasn't doing the things I should have been doing right. before I decided to do that. So now I had to step it back and I'm still going to increase, but I got to make sure I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. Right. You know, first. Well, I think the first instinct that people are going to have when they hear all, oh, you know, this pastor, this rabbi, they're going to talk about money and they're going to talk about, I should be giving. Right. Here's what I'd be honest with the guy about that. I think every guy has a marketable asset that he's not using. So I don't think about money because I have money. Right. When I didn't have money, I thought about money all the time. Right. But the reason that I didn't have money is because I had marketable assets that I wasn't using. I had skills, talents, and abilities that I was leaving Mm. out in the cold that God could have been using to bring me income. Right. But see, I feel like I was taught, and this is, you know, I'm Jewish, but- Messianic Judaism is very connected to the Jesus movement and Pentecostalism, right? Because a lot of the guys who lead now were saved in the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s and like came believers in Pentecostal churches. So, you know, I feel like the people I was surrounded with were like, well, Jesus is coming back soon, so we don't have to have retirement. Okay, people have been talking (laughs) about that for 2,000 years, right? Right, but if you and then based on those scriptures, if you think about it too much, like you got to be careful that you don't want to be rich, which is the rest of that verse in right. um, in First Timothy, 
Those who want to be rich fall into temptation and trap and a trap and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction for the love of money right. is the root of all kinds of evil. But I, but I don't think – I think it was equated to like considering yourself and your family and your retirement is not sacrificial living. Right. And I think that there's a difference between rich and wealthy. What's the difference? Well, I think rich is excessive, and I think wealthy is that you mm. have a mindset of multiplication. I have a wealthy mentality. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that's interesting. Mm. I, like I was telling you guys before we started this podcast, I yeah. never think about my money, but a lot of other people do. Think about your money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime I get something nice. I, I mean, I was just thinking about it. But. <laughs> every time I get something nice. And not every time. And it's not everybody. There's yeah. just like the peanut gallery. Totally. That like if I, if I showed up. If I showed up at the church in a brand new Escalade tomorrow, right. oh, you man, see what the pastor's driving us for our tides. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you don't you don't know all the other stuff that I do, and you don't know how much money I give. Right, I'm fighting so hard to be the the highest giver in our church. He's mm. got one guy who's giving me problems. <laughs> And I love and hate that guy at the same time. And every time he gives a big amount, I get happy and mad at the same time. (laughs) He had a huge deal this week. And I'm like, what? You know, like I'm so happy for him. And so now I'm in way in second place. Like I'm just like, I'm fighting for it. But here's my thing, right? Again, I have marketable assets. So I can go out and speak other places. I have an ability to write documents and publish things. And, you know, Sonny has these beautiful abilities of design and we combine mm-hmm. sell houses. I'm like, I just was telling Keith that I'm watching a car on carsandbids.com right now. It's a 2018 Cadillac CTS V. Yeah. And the bid as of the, it ends today, but the bid as of the moment that we got on this podcast, it was $47,000. That's Hello. a lot of money for a car, right? Yeah. Except those cars right now, all day long are selling for $76,000. Mm-hmm. So I know that Dave Ramsey would be rolling over right now in Nashville, wherever he is. Don't but say why, his grave. He's, yeah, still he's, alive. All, he's alive. Why would here? Here's the question: Why would I not borrow forty seven thousand dollars to buy a car that I know I could turn around and in six days I could sell that car for seventy? Oh. That's the way that my mind works. It's a it's a mind of multiplication. Right. I think Dave's concern, which I think is a valid concern, is again, is the people he's speaking to yeah. don't think like that. Right. They but, just think I should just borrow and never pay it and back. Never pay. And take and, the seventy thousand and then pay the payments on the thing because they use my seventy thousand totally, for something else. Right. And they get themselves the world, in, right? in holes that, you know, our economy has to get them out of. And that's that's Wild. Yeah. So I would say like even let's just say that, that let's say the, the man on the street as uh, Letterman would call him. Yeah. There's some dude were great who bits. might could listen to this right now who who he's, ve- he's very handy. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to find contractors right now? Incredibly hard. Yeah. Like job like we're, we're like Sonny's working on a design job right now. And she's been waiting like twice as long for a contractor as she normally would. So if you're a guy who's handy and you have a skill set and you go, oh, no, I can do some electrical work. I can do some plumbing. My brother does this, by the way. My brother is an engineer. Mm -hmm. But on the side, he does home improvements. He was able to make almost as much money on the side last year. He's a PhD? No, I got another Another one. one. So he was able to make almost as much money working two days a week on the side as he was – Working normally. Now he doesn't have kids at home anymore, right? right? So while he's his wife works on Saturdays. So while his wife is at work on Saturday, rather than watching college football, you know what he's doing? Putting drywall up. Yeah. And so now he's able to make an, an extra amount of money. So there are people who are frustrated about money right now and they're mad at God about it. But God has given them something in them. I'm gonna tell you there's not a man alive who can't mow a lawn. Uh, I might represent that person. <laughs> if I gave you a Toro, <laughs> let me ask you this. If I gave you a Toro lawnmower right now uh, yeah. and I told you that you could make an extra $300 a week by working four hours on a Saturday, is that not worth your four hours? 
I mean, I can't work on Saturday. Well, yeah, you can. For Sunday, then. It's called the you, Sabbath, Sean. You, you, it's basic principle of the Bible. You extra benefit. <laughs> this guy. This is what happens when you're friends with a rabbi. How do you watch college football, bro? I mean, I don't have any problem watching TV. Do you watch it while you're? You just can't work. You call it a teleprompter. Oh, how do really, I watch it? It's really a TV. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not really. I'm not really into college football. <laughs> Let me throw this at you though, because yeah. this is an honest question based on Matthew six. Okay. Because what we're talking about, like we're both shoe guys. Yep. You know, we have all kinds of stuff. You know. So what do you do with do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal? Even something like retirement, I feel like some people mm. spiritualize from this perspective. Yeah. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I would say what well, are we like, storing up tre- are you t- are we storing up treasures on earth when we buy cars and shoes and stuff? I think it depends on – this is my opinion. This yeah. isn't a theological opinion. Yeah. I think it depends on what your heart is in that. Yeah. I mean, that's why Jesus – you know, he's saying, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be right. also. So, yeah. I mean, I buy shoes. Like, I buy a lot of shoes. I'm a, right. sh- a sneakerhead, right? So, if right. I can but get – But you're not buying shoes over food. No. You're not buying shoes over – a shelter not, for your I'm not, family. What do they say? I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul, which, by the way, go back to people with marketable assets. Why yeah. is it that Paul consistently at times went back to making tents? Or why Totally. That saying actually comes from anti-Semitism. Yeah, but we'll Peter would back. back. We'll come back to that in another. I apologize. We'll come back to that in another I, now, I, now I feel like Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> I Get apologize. Her done. I apologize and all those. Anyway, he has a little line. I won't even Yeah, so it where your treasure is, I think that's the mistake. Even what you were saying about, like, the optics of people look at, like, would see you drive up in a car, and they're thinking, well, where his treasure is is where his heart is. Right. But that doesn't represent the majority of your finances. Right. That's not, you know, you put money into much larger amounts of money into other things right. before you even do that. Right. And I I will say this about cars. But some people do that the opposite. And that's that's the dilemma is some people yeah. do sacrifice food and bills mm-hmm. and rent For and sure. mortgage over looking apart yeah. to seem like they're wealthy. It's definitely a poverty. That's a poverty mentality, right? Right. It's this idea of I need you to validate me by what you think about me, even though when I come up, yeah. you're going to think bad about me. They don't which, have the foresight Just a of that. great Super Bowl commercial was the uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses. Oh, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is in a truck, and then Leslie Jones pulls up, and then, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, the other Jones. The other Jones. And then Nick Jonas pulls up. And then up. he goes, uh, it's Keeping Up with the Joneses now. What I love is when, <laughs> what I love about that commercial is when And Tom, Tommy Lee Jones goes, whoever you yeah, are. keep up, whoever you are. <laughs> totally. <laughs> this, this is, is a great line. It's a great line. Yeah, so how do we, how do we make sure that our treasure is where, how do we make sure our heart's in the right place? Well, generosity definitely is a great ointment for a heart, right? Like yes. I live my life in generosity and I- I give a ton of stuff away. And right. but I feel like every time I give stuff away, and I learned this principle actually a long time ago when I was in Bible Bible school. And that sounds so elementary. I was in my undergrad and I met a guy. He was, he was in Bible school, which was right next to a McDonald's. Yeah. I had a guy <laughs> walk up to me. I had just sang at a church in uh North Dakota, I think. Mm-hmm. And a guy walked up to me and he said, you really blessed me today. And he handed me a hundred dollar bill. And I was, I've, I was blown away. Right. And I said, why, what, how, why would you give me a hundred dollar bill? And he said, oh, well, because here's what I know. God gives to me because he knows he can give through me. And right. that stuck with me. That may sound like a cliche, but that stuck it's with a preacher me. line that I was like, but this wasn't a preacher dude. Mm. He was some guy who earned owned a woodworking shop. To me, so he can give through me. And so I was just like, God, make me a conduit. Mm-hmm. 
Make me a multiplier of whatever it is that you have so that when you give something to me and then I give it to you, that has then multiplied the blessing because God blessed me, but then he also blessed you. And by you being blessed, you blessed me. So now I've got triple the blessing because I got to see that thing be paid forward. And the more that I've become a person who's generous, and the more that I become a person who had foresight. So let me go back to the car thing real quick. I don't buy brand new cars because mm-hmm. th- they've already, they're a depreciating asset. Yeah, it's dumb. But there is a, a, a high-end car that Sonny has always wanted. And the economy was so down that I was able to buy her that particular vehicle. She drove it for five months. I sold that car, and I made $4,500 on it. Never in the history of the car economy. Wait, she really wanted that car, that. and you, yeah. she just had it for yeah, five but then months. She, and then she was like, cool. Like, it, scra- <laughs> it scratched that itch. That's how quickly her like, desire yeah, changes. <laughs> yeah. Sonny's just like- Ready Sonny, for a new one. But Sonny's not like a car person. Sonny right. could really care, care less about cars. Yeah. She's like, but she thought that one was cool. And so, like, I had to learn to live my life yeah. with a foresight. And this is the thing that people don't do financially. Yeah. So I- I was wickedly in debt, and I went through the Ramsey thing, and yeah. it revolutionized me. And he teaches the same idea. The whole yeah. point is you take care of yourself and get out of debt so yes. that you can be a blessing. Yes. Yeah. So the stress that you live under when you're under de- uh, in debt, so you have to like, and this is just to the, any guy can do this. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO or if you're a street sweeper. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are going to live your life above your means, you're going to be under stress. Right. Right, so when an economy hits like right. this, then you're so you are already living like over. You are living fourteen percent over what you are making, and you are right. living paycheck to paycheck. You're already like a little bit frustrated, or you are tense. But now, when something like this happens, but if you live your life where you're like, bro, like I don't like Keith. I know we keep bringing our producer into this. Keith is living example of that, bro. Like Keith is a guy who has done very well financially in his life, but he lives so far beneath his means. This podcast brought to you by our sponsor, Keith. Keith Hartchikett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like Keith doesn't yeah. stress about money because like, okay, let's say like, what can you cut, bro? Yeah. And But there, here's the thing. How deep are you willing to cut? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to not have internet at your house? Ooh. Shut your mouth. See? That, then you're not willing to live your life. Like I lived without internet for a year. Because you know what I found out? That there's free internet at every public library. Right. So I go to any public library and, I, and they have computers there, bro. So mm-hmm. I don't even need a computer. Mm-hmm. That sold my desktop. Right. I didn't get a lot of money for it. But let's say I got 200 bucks for a desktop and then I can go to the, the thing. Okay. You know, well, oh yeah. How did you stream Netflix? I didn't. Yeah. I think living within your means is uh, is a pretty important principle. But I think that's where self awareness and honesty of and knowledge of what are my means. Exactly. I mean that's that's a big question for every anybody. Right. No matter how much money you have. Mm-hmm. What's the what are the you know, what would living below my means, at my means or above my means actually look like? Right. And which one am I doing? Well, people who who have wealth, let's say, yeah, they negotiate differently. Totally. Right? So yeah, back I've seen that. back in the day when I used to go buy a car, all I wanted to know is how much is the payment. Right. Now I don't. But here's the thing: that leaves you with no negotiating power. Totally. But if you go in and you talk about how much is this car, and right. if they tell you, "Well, this car is fifty thousand dollars," you say, "I'll give you forty two cash." Right. Well, in this economy, well, maybe not in this economy because used cars are like buying gold. But like in a normal economy, people are going to go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But then people may go, oh, it must be nice to buy a $42,000 car. Okay, well, then buy a $5,000 car. Like I took a year off from ministry, right? So when I took a year off from ministry, you know what I did? I bought a car from my neighbor for $3,000. I drove a $3,000 car. Okay, that car was fine. I yeah. drove that car until I couldn't drive that car no more. And and then when that car wasn't capable to carry me around, but that was living below my means. I could afford a car that was more than $3,000, but, I, but I, I needed to take time away so that I could mm. get, reconnect with who I was spiritually because I was living above my means spiritually, not just financially. 
I was living above my means relationally. Mm. I wasn't spending any time with my wife. I wasn't spending any time with my kids. I was living in a deficit relationally. Mm. So I was giving all this relationship stuff everywhere else. That's good. But then all of a sudden, where it really mattered, I was, in it, I was writing NSF checks. People are like, what are checks? I don't know what NSF means. But, but living, living, with, <laughs> living within your me- non-sufficient funds. Oh, living within your means isn't just a financial principle. It is a universal principle. How are we living within our means in our marriage? Mm-hmm. Where are you running in the deficit? Where are you running in the deficit in your productivity at your job? Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of people. Are. The reason a lot of people aren't getting promotions or raises is because they're lazy. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Like we could just have, oh man, my boss. It ain't your boss. Your boss didn't take a 17 minute, 15 minute break. Right. You did. What were you doing for those extra two minutes? Playing words with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, Wordle. They play Wordle now. Oh, whatever. That's called. different. I don't even, it's I don't even, moved on. Words with friends You know is what over. games I have on my phone? It's over. Uh, solitaire. Oh, I think you going to say it. Sonic the Hedgehog. I have that on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you would have Sonic the Hedgehog on your phone. You probably love those movies too, bro. Uh, the first, oh, I didn't see bro. the second one. First one was good. I feel like they drove Jim Carrey into retirement. He He's can't funny. end on that though, He's bro. He's funny. Come no, on. he was good in it. He's oh, he's funny. Do you want to talk about money? Did you see the interview with Jim Carrey where he said he's retired? Money, money, money. Uh, yes. And he said, "Here's why I retired. I have enough. I'm done enough. I am enough." I saw that's that's good. I saw another a video where he walked out. He was introduced to the Golden Globes, and they said, two time winner, Golden Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey." And he walks out, and he goes. Two-time winner, almost three-time winner, but never like he's, he just played with the like how unimportant it was. It's, I love that. It's it's brilliant. Um, yeah, he said, you know, when I go to sleep, I am two-time Glo- Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. That's so funny. who goes to sleep who goes to sleep. And when Still I wake sleeps. up, I am two-time Golden Globe winner. <laughs> like he just mocked the whole thing. It was it was pretty wild. Yeah. So financially, I, this, this is the message, I guess, for no, me good, that man. I would love to put out there. Number one, uh, what marketable asset are you leaving on the table that you could be using? What yeah. is it that God can be using in your life hmm. to multiply your finances? Not so that you can just have more, yeah. but so that down the road, you could give more. Mm-hmm. Secondly, where is it financially, but not just financially, where is it that you're living outside of your means? Right. And when we begin to realize those things, then we're not going to have to worry about how much we do or we do not have mm-hmm. because we're going to have exceedingly and abundantly more That's good. than we can even ask for. And so if you're listening to this and you liked something that you heard, uh, if you need help financially, then find somebody that you know in your life who understands finances, who can help you get to a place where you're not living under the massive stress that you're living And so if you like something that you heard, please share this, follow us, rate us. Pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. We love you. To the end of the road.